Hello and welcome to this episode of Coach in Chaos. I am reading from the Come Follow Me program in Mormon chapter 8. And he says, Behold, I, Moroni, do finish the record of my father Mormon. Behold, I have but a few things to write, which things I have been commanded by my father. But alas, he was alone because his father had been slain in battle as all of his kinsfolk. And he says, And I have not friends, nor whither to go. And how long the Lord will suffer that I may live, I know not. And I was drawn to this because he sounded so alone, but he had a work to do, and that was of greatest importance. But how alone we can feel in our neighborhood, in our family right now, with all of the strife and the turmoil that we are experiencing. For myself, it feels like very much so that my struggles and trials have been exasperated in the sense that since starting this podcast, it feels like Satan is continually trying to thwart my effort and cause discouragement to settle in. And sometimes I too feel very much alone. The false voices surrounding me of I'm being mocked, I'm being made fun of, and I can't do this, and you're stupid for thinking that you can, and yet I have pressed forward and I have continually tried to ignore those voices and read my scriptures and listen to my conference talks and share my testimony with you, the reflections that I have right here with you, and it is my greatest hope and desire that I leave my testimony for my children and that I may bring but one soul unto Christ. May there be banished from their hearts the spirit of enmity, backbiting, and evil speaking. And may they keep in their hearts the truth expressed by Jesus when he said, If ye are not one, ye are not mine. And that is taken from chapter 5 from the teachings of the prophets from David O. McKay. He said, Let that spirit of unity and oneness for which our Savior prayed on for the night of his betrayal. Oh, how we can sometimes feel so betrayed too. But no one is more betrayed than our Savior. So how can we better serve him? How can we turn our lives over to him? The Lord Jehovah will return to live with us as long as we are united, as long as he finds us unified with one heart and one mind, looking toward him and toward our Father in heaven, and that we are helping one another return to him. That is the plan of salvation. May we remember the plan of salvation. You can help yourself and others to return to him by serving each other. And sometimes it's difficult to serve one another when we just don't know how or the best way to. Sometimes being a caregiver can be intimidating or scary as I try to take care of my mom. I don't know the best way. I don't know how. But as I pray and seek for that guidance, my hands literally become those of my masters. And he guides me and directs me in how I should proceed. I remember when I was a very little girl in the years that my mom would be active, she would take upon the assignments that she was given to visit teach. And I would tag along with her 
and she was assigned these two little sisters. They were sisters and they both had dementia and yet they were trying their best to take care of one another. And I would tag along with my mom and I would sit next to her and listen to these ladies as they talked about a man on their roof or someone hiding in their closet and they can hear noises throughout the day and into the night and that they were hardly sleeping. And I would look up at my mom in sheer panic. What? Why aren't you running out the door, mom? And she would just be sitting there calmly nodding her head and smiling sweetly. She wasn't doing anything extraordinary. What she was doing was listening. And she would calmly explain to me each time when we'd get back out into the car that there isn't anybody on the roof. There's no one sitting in a closet. They are imagining these things because they have an illness in their mind. I remember those words of her, of my mother, and she went back faithfully every single month. And each time they would explain to her that my mother needed to do something about the men on their roof and to go check her closet because there was definitely someone sitting in there. And my mom would just sit there and listen. And sometimes that's all that we are required to do. But she would never come out of the house and laugh at them mockingly. She would never discuss them with other sisters in the neighborhood or at church. As our hearts are knit together as one, it is to speak well of each other. And sometimes that's the best way that we can serve is to keep one another's name and story sacred. I promise you, as we keep one another's lives sacred, that we will truly feel peace and joy when we speak generously of others in the light of Christ. Do you feel better or do you feel worse when you speak about someone else in a negative light? Does it reflect well upon you? I know that as we are knit together as one, that we are magnified in power in our communities and most importantly, within our family. I've asked this before in a previous podcast, are we more peaceful? Is our neighborhood, is our family more peaceful and enjoyable because I am in it or that you are here? Do you contribute in a positive light? In Psalm 133.1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I was reading in LDS Living um, an article by Katie Lambert. She says, Two beautiful reasons Latter-day Saints call each other brother and sister. She was a little girl when she realized that she was called by sister and her mother was sister and her dad was brother. Why? And it was confusing to her. But as she looked further into it, she came to realize that before coming to this earth, we existed as spirit children to our Father in Heaven and our Mother in Heaven. We are all related in that regard. We are all spirit brothers and sisters. And she says, while members of other Christian denominations may speak metamorphically, of all the humankind being brothers and sisters and children of God, Latter-day Saints truly believe this, that we are truly sons and daughters of a father in heaven and a mother in heaven, created spirit children in a pre-mortal existence. 
we look upon ourselves as being part of a heavenly family, the family of the Lord. And so our sisterhood and our brotherhood is one that has a deep understanding of this relationship. And two, it reminds us that we are all equal. We are all children of God. We are all equal because we are all alike unto Him. Using brother and sister, she says, reminds us of this. We may have different callings, such as Relief Society president, or bishop, or primary president, or stake president, or nursery leader. But this doesn't mean we are better than each other or less than each other because we all carry the title of brother and sister. We don't let anyone higher than the other esteem themselves as such. That's not possible. No job or position, marital status, or any amount of wealth sets us apart from one another. When we walk through the chapel doors, we are brother and sister, and we are each our brother's keeper as we are all trying to live the gospel and return home to him. I was, I've been researching a little bit about the word carry. It has been a topic of recent podcasts about carrying one another's burden. And I came upon this story by Elder Von J. Featherstone. When he was visiting in the Philippines on a church assignment, he was sitting in the stands and he saw this woman walk into the chapel with a man on her back. She brought him into priesthood session and helped him sit on the bench and then left. When priesthood was over, she came back in. She had him climb back onto her back and away they went. Elder Featherstone soon found out that the man and woman were brother and sister. And the brother used to be a well-known singer and entertainer in his native land. And yet he was left mostly paralyzed when he had two strokes. So his wonderful sister took it upon herself to literally carry him. Church was over a mile away from their home and she carried him to and from church. And he was able to serve fully as Sunday school president and she had her callings as well. And when it was time to leave, he climbed up on her back and she carried him home. We are not required to carry one another in a physical sense, but I know that because our Father in Heaven has extended so much mercy to us by sending us His Son, that that is what is required of us, to carry one another, to carry one another's burdens. If we were to look in a greater perspective, if we were to look around and see with the Savior's eyes, we could literally carry one another's burdens. But since we cannot necessarily see exactly how the Savior is because we are still of the natural man. We can reach out through the Spirit and find out who is struggling or searching. And we can strive to be as our Savior by loving as He does. And I've shared this once before from Sister Eubanks' conference talk when she says, it is a love that forgives and forgets a love that lifts and blesses it it is a love that sustains a new beginning on a higher level and we can have that higher level of love and she continues our covenantal assignment is to minister to lift up the hands that hang down to put struggling people on our backs or in our arms and carry them we are to carry one another because again 
He has given us so much mercy that he only simply requests that of us to be generous with our own mercy. The nearer we get to our Heavenly Father, the more we are disposed to look at one another with compassion and find those perishing souls. We feel that we want to take them upon our back and carry them. Who is struggling? Who is suffering? Who is hurting? Is it you? Is it me? We can diminish our own struggle and our own hurting by carrying someone else upon our shoulders. Isn't that amazing how that works? Sister Eubanks talks about a dear friend who said to her, I promise you that I will keep your name safe. I will see you who you are at your best, even if you are at your worst. And sometimes, oftentimes, every Sunday actually, I get into sacrament and feel so overwhelmed by the morning chaos of just trying to get to church, of trying to get my three teenage girls out the door And I remember when my six children were all at home and they were all little, trying to get them out the door and finally arriving with diaper bags and car seats and toys and puzzles and church books to flip through. I was exhausted before a sacrament even started. I was reading by Elder Bednar in a speech that he gave at BYU his reflections and his observing of of his wife, how Sister Bednar will sit in sacrament and seek to find those who are struggling and searching. And he says of her, before attending sacrament meetings, she frequently prays for spiritual eyes to see those who have a need. Often, as she observes the brothers and sisters and children in the congregation, she will have a spiritual nudge. And she will be guided and directed as to who is needing her and immediately after sacrament you will find her talking to a teenager or giving someone a hug or calling someone on the phone or taking someone something yummy to eat or a meal prepared by her loving hands and i read this and i thought i want to not only be me be more mindful about what I am reading and reflecting upon in my scripture study and conference talks, but I want to be more mindful about how I serve, who is needing me. Elder Holland says, when we speak of those who are instruments in the hands of God, we are reminded that not all are angels from the other side of the veil, but we actually talk and walk with them here on this earth. Can I be one of those angels? We can find neighbors as angels. We find people in our ward as angels. Our mothers are angels. Am I an angel? To me, when you strive to lighten another's burden, you are angels of mercy. In the most literal sense, you are hands of the master and may you receive back 100 fold of all that you try to give, says Elder Holland. I want to share this story that I found on Facebook of James Kirkwood, who was a little 11 year old pioneer boy when he was asked to ensure the safety of his brother who was just four 
His toes became frostbitten, so he put his little brother upon his back and walked 15 miles carrying him upon his back. His mother was pulling a crippled brother in a handcart. Eventually, Joseph's shoes were worn through, and when he finally got to the fireside, having faithfully carried his brother, he collapsed and died from exposure and overexertion. But he got his brother where he needed to go. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people that they shall bring my sons and their arms and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. Can we be like James? Can we remember him? Can we be like the sister who carried her brother upon her back? Can we be like Sister Bednar who carries the burdens of someone in her heart? My sister-in-law sent me this this morning. Thank you, Stacy, for that. She's reading from Don't Miss This, and this passage says, I remember a particularly difficult time in my life. I had a sister-in-law who was struggling upside down. I wanted to step in and fix everything that was wrong. I wanted to save them from every situation a nephew that was struggling, somebody else in his life that he recognized was hurting. He wanted to save them. He went to the temple and spent a lot of time waiting. And while he was waiting for his session, he came upon the verse. In 76, DNC, 76 1 through 3. Hear, O ye heavens, and give ear, O earth, and rejoice, ye inhabitants thereof, for the Lord is God, and beside him there is no Savior. Great is his wisdom, marvelous are his ways, and the extent of his doing none can find out. His purposes fail not. Neither are there who can stay his hand. He realized that it is not his own job to save every single person from their struggles because it is the Savior's job and his wisdom is great. His purposes fail not. No one can stay his hand. He will know what to do. And he closes with this. My job is simply to lead them, to lead these people to him. That is my job. That is our job. That is your job. Together, as we lead one another back to him, to carry one another's burdens upon our back and in our hearts. And that is my only hope, that I may do that to a greater degree. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Coaching Chaos. May you carry and may you be carried. And if you feel that this work will help someone in their trials and in their struggles right now and maybe carry them through one more day,
simply share with them these works and these words that we may assist one more person come closer to Christ and home to our Father in heaven. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you next time.